So, welcome back to Untranslated Islam, where we set out on journeys to find and excavate benefits for us all to apply to our lives. This is your brother, Ben Yusuf, and we're going to continue in with the thing that is most dear to my heart, trying to help you understand and appreciate and love and feel more your Quran, okay? Because when you get that in order, your salat is going to be in order. And the Prophet said that the first thing that we're going to be asked about as far as actions is our salat. And if your salat is in order, then everything else is going to be in order. And if your salat is not in order, then everything else is going to have a problem as a result. Okay, and he said that if you get your salat as far as your furud in order, I mean, if they're not in order, he's going to look at your nawafin. And most of the stuff that we're talking about right now is going to benefit you mostly your nawafin. And your salat, other people might be leading you. Your, fur, your furud or your obligatories, your five. But those extras, those ones that people don't run to, I want you to love to go to them. I want you to look forward to going to them because in them, you're going to be able to do the things that I'm going to teach you how to do, inshallah. So let's get back to what we were talking about. And we were talking about using Al-Fatiha, Ummul Kitab. All right. This is a knowledge thing. Nerdy. In explanation, Umul Kitab can mean two different things. So for those who've heard Umul Kitab that mean Allah al-Mahfud, this is correct also. It's a big thing amongst the scholars of should we use Umul Kitab for the Fatiha or not? Because Allah says, Wa'indahu Umul Kitab, referring to Allah al-Mahfud. But because of the fact that we have a hadith where the Prophet use it to mean the Fatiha, they say you can use it for both. So my point is, some of the names for the Fatiha, Umul Kitab, Fatiha al-Kitab, Ashifat, or a shafia and then a ruqya. These are the things that we covered already. And of course, the seba'a min al-mathani, the seven off-repeated verses. Okay? So the point is, it's so amazing. And in Arabic, when something is important, you'll know because it has different names. One of the things I want to cover with you guys, the names of Yom Qiyamah. So important because it has so many names. Okay? Names of the hellfire, names of paradise. Right now, let's get into this. All right? So al-fatiha, we talked about Using it in order to cure yourself is called a rukya or a shifa, okay, which both means to cure um, in different ways. And we brought the different situations, the hadith of, from Sayyid al Khudri of the Sahaba that, that used it to cure the, the, the Ladig chief. And then we talked about the sister that came and asked the Sheikh about can he, she use that to cure? And we're talking about physical ailments. We're not talking about people being uh, possessed with a jinn. Or we're not talking about any sihr or magic. Or we're not talking about hasid ayn, evil eye. All those can be cured from Fatiha. We know that. But even physical ailments. Okay? And I'm saying all that because that same book that I told you was about this thick called Medadajah Salikin. In it, talking about yakin abudwa yakin astain, which is the middle of the Fatiha. In it, Ibn al-Qayyim himself talks about when he used it in order when he was sick. He went to make uh, Umrah, I believe. I believe he was making Umrah. And while he was at the Kaaba, he didn't have much money. The scholars, damn, I have all that much. I'm going to bring this drink to you from Albania, this this clip from Albania, inshallah, where he's going through Targib or Targib. I think you guys know that book. I don't know how you translate it, but it's like, it's a book uh, of, of hadith that talks about things that encourage you to do good and that scares you from doing bad. It's called Targib wa Targib, okay? So the whole point is that Sheikh Al-Bani did the checking of that book. And as he's going through, he goes through this chapter of 
those people or the scholars and what they have, or the Prophet Sallallahu he said, the Prophet Sallallahu and what he had and didn't have during his times and only getting what you need to get through this journey. And Sheikh Albani was known for that because of what happened with him. He said, when I was poor, he said, I remember going past a trash can. He said, in that trash can, it was a bunch of uh, of invitations that apparently somebody had a big wedding. And after the wedding, they threw away all the invitations, right? So it was, inv- it was a bunch of invitations in there. And he said, I looked and I saw all that paper. He said, and I looked and said, I can't let that go to waste. He said, so I grabbed all that paper and I took it back to my shop and I put it in there and said, I'm going to figure out how to use this because he was a student at the time. When he passed away, Allah Yarhamu, his student said, we went into his office, his library, and all those invitations were still sitting there. This was when he was a young boy in his 20s. He died in his 60s or 70s. All those years, he still kept them. He said, they said on every paper, he had used every single piece of the paper to write out benefits and stuff. And they said, and when we got it and transcribed all of it, it was enough to do. I think it was two healthy uh, size volumes of a book. That's the seriousness of the scholars not having, but doing what they have to do. So Ibn Uqayyim, same thing. He was a scholar, didn't have much. He went and traveled to Umrah, right? And so in Umrah, he got sick. And like I told you, Allah taps the most unexpected or unassuming people and he'll tap you once you have it. Because once you have a knowledge, then you have to pay the cat on that knowledge. Just like you pay the cat on your money, you have to pay the cat on your ilm by using it or giving it. Okay, so situations will come up and it'll be a situation and you'll say, subhanAllah, all praise to Allah who gave me the remedy to this situation before it came up. It's as if he brought it up so I can get reward by using it, that knowledge that he gave me. So the situation comes up and he's traveling. He gets to Umrah, love, alhamdulillah. Then he gets sick and he don't have much money or nothing. All you got, you know, you don't have much money. You don't have, don't know, you know, no people, whatever. So he said, and I'm going to quote from to you. Okay. All right. So I got to go up some. Okay. Call it Ibn Uqayyim. And this is in that same book that I was talking about. My dad is Okay. Uh, he said, كان يعرض لي الآلام مزعجة بحيث تكاد تقطع الحركة مني. He said when I was on this situation, all of a sudden this pain, this sickness came to me, and he said it was great, immense pain to the point that it almost stopped me from moving completely. I could barely move from the pain. وذلك في أثناء الطواف وغيره وغيره. He said, and this was right in the middle of while I was making tawaf to make whatever, either either Umrah or Hajj. I was right in the middle of that. I was supposed to make my tawaf and making, you know, all the monastic of Hajj or Umrah. Okay, he's right in the middle, and Allah decreed to hit him with this. Okay, فأبادروا إلى قراءة الفاتحة. He said, so all that pain is I could barely move. He said, I immediately started reciting Al-Fatiha. Immediately started reciting it. Okay. And he said, He said, so reciting the Fatiha, reciting his finger in his hands, and then, and then wiping it on to different places where it was pain. All right. And if this is the way you do it, those who know at bedtime, the Prophet used to do the same thing, but he would do kul ahead, kul a'udhu bi falaq, kul a'udhu rabbil nas, and then, and then wipe it over his whole body, his whole body. Now, this is not what we do after every salat. You see people who say salat, and then after they make some dua or something, they wipe it on their face. The Prophet never did that at that time. But he did have this sunnah, but he would do it in certain times, and he would 
in his hand and then wipe it all over his whole body. So this is what the sheikh is doing here. Obad faith, he says, so I rushed to reciting immediately with Fatiha and I'm taking it, reciting it in my hands, spittling and then wiping it on the places that was hurting. فَكَأَنَّهُ حَصَى فَكَأَنَّهُ حَصَى حَصَةٌ تَسْكُتُ yeah, I can't see. Is it Tamar Buta with a Dhamma, it looks like? Hasatun. Huh? Small rocks, right? Okay. فَكَأَنَّهُ حَصَاتٌ تَسْكُتْ جَرَّبَتْ ذَلِكَ مِرَارًا عَدِيدًا Okay, فَكَأَنَّهَا حَصَاتٌ I didn't understand it. Huh? No, that... No, no, that particular word. I know this story. I've been knowing this story, but that particular word I didn't understand. He said, so it was as if the small word, uh, he said, so, uh, he said, فَكَأَنَّهُ حَصَاتٌ تَسْكُتُ جَرَّبَتْ ذَلِكَ مِرَارًا عَدِيدًا Oh, جَرَّبْتُ, that's why. That's why, جَرَّبْتُ, okay. So he did this over and over again, and each time he did it, it's as if the, the sickness was falling off him. That's what he's saying. Okay, yeah. So he said, I kept reciting in my hands, spittling, and right and wiping on a on a point areas of pain, and he said, and it's as if each time it was like, like there was falling off me like a rock, like rocks falling off. He said, and I did this over and over again. وَكُنْتُ أَخِذُونَ وَكُنْتُ أَخِذُونَ قَدْحًا مِنْ زَمْزَمْ Okay, so these are all the proofs that this is what you can do. He said, and then also, he's right at the Kaaba. He said, I went and got map, Zamzam, Zamzam water. He said, and I recited over it, Al-Fatiha, and then I drank it. Okay? Okay? He said, and I felt by doing that, that I felt the benefit and the strength that it gave me is something that I can't even explain. It's like nothing like it. Okay. So this is Ibn Al-Qayyim. Y'all know Ibn Al-Qayyim, the heart doctor. So now he's telling you he did that. When you get that pain, you say the Fatiha, open your hands, say Al-Fatiha in your hands. Spit on it, wipe the area, wherever the pain is at. Okay. Wherever the pain is, wipe the area. If you got Mazamzam, great. But in the other situation, he said that he got regular water. You get the regular water, but Mazamzam is the best. And you recite the Fatiha over it. You don't spit on the water. Remember, that's what the, uh, the Sheikh told the, the lady. The lady said she was spitting or blowing over the water. Excuse me. She was blowing over the water. We don't blow over the water. That's why it caught my attention because the Prophet specifically said, don't blow over the water because Shaitan does that. So the, the Sheikh corrected the sister and said, no, you don't do that. You, you know, you, you recite the Fatiha over the water and then drink the water. So he recited the Fatiha over the water and then drank the water. And he, like he said, those two things gave him strength. It cured his sickness, benefited him and gave him a strength that he can't even explain. All right. And, uh, and he said, uh, I didn't, I didn't see that at the end. It was on the next line, next line. So he said, it was like nothing else from any other type of medicine that I've used. All right. So, and that's what my daddy just said, Akeem. All right. So we, I wanted to talk about what he said about the honey, but that's such a lengthy and beneficial sitting that I'm going to make that his own sitting. Okay. Cause I need to get into, when you listen to all this now, now what can you do? What are some of the things you can do in order to fill this? All right. So we're going to do the, the, the honey thing another time. But the honey is one of the greatest, greatest medicines. And we'll talk about it later. Right now. So now here we are. Uh, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. I'm going past those things. Okay. So everybody, you guys know 
Arba'in Nawi. You guys know Imam Nawi, right? Okay, so he did Arba'in Nawi, which you guys know, the 40 hadith of Imam Nawi, and then he did Riyadh al-Salihin, which you guys know, okay? Major, major scholar. We all agree on that. Okay, he does another book called At-Tibyan. Fi Adab Hamlet al-Quran. Hamlet al-Quran. I live by this book, okay? I found out about this book in 2000, all right? My man, again, Barakallah, fi may Allah bless him. May Allah make him and his wife so successful and bless all their children. And like this brother, and you guys, I think you know him, Abu Abdul Salam. He got his stuff. Where we young boys, just like, well, we was young boys. We old now. We all grown up and old. What up? But we was uh, young boys together, and he's three years younger than me. So when I got here, I was 25, and I think he was 22. So he's a young boy, yo. I want to tell y'all the hot dog story one day, yo. Word up, yo. Y'all going to crack up. Y'all see him, y'all going to be like, hot dog, hot dog. You know, he thought, he thought hot dog. He thought the people was leaning out of the, out of the micro buses in Tunta and it was hollering out. And he was good with Arabic, but apparently he just was quoting his racism thing. And so when they would lean out, they're saying, we, I was with him when I first got there and it was leaning out. He would get angry. Great. I was like, what are you getting angry for? And he was like, it's like, cause these dudes, man, they're so corny. It's like they want to be racist or whatever, but they can't even come up with nothing better than hot dog. <laughs> and like they calling me hot dog. <laughs> Call me hot. So I'm like, hot dog. He's like, yeah, I know, right? It's corny. Every time they lean out, they be leaning out, pointing to me, saying, hot dog, hot dog. And all of them do the same thing. I'm like, yo, you serious? And so one day, once I started traveling alone, I stayed on one of those buses. And the bus goes through the whole city until it gets to the middle of the city. And when it got to the middle of the city, it said, and it was like, Mahatta. And it went out. And I said, that's what he's been saying all the time, Mahatta, because they don't say the meme. They just be like, Hatta, Hatta, Hatta. And so I got back to the village and I was like, yo, we'll just sit down. No, I was like, he's Sadiq. I was like, yo, Sadiq. I was like, yo. They ain't saying hot dog, man. I went to the end of the joint. That's what Daughter Sahaba is, the bookstore. They were saying that. Mahata, yo. He was like, what? I said, Mahata. He was like, oh. <laughs> and then he did this thing he always did that he learned from the Arabs, he did from the Egyptians. He was like, Malish. Malish. One of the funniest stories in the dunya. Anyway, he the one who put me on his book. And so that y'all, y'all don't know, uh, if y'all know him, y'all know him as an old, you know, as a very serious imam. But we was together as young boys, right? So I go support Salafi Inc., inshallah. Uh, I-N-K, Salafi, I-N-K, Salafi, Inc. Anyway, the point is, is that, um, <laughs> he put me on his book and he put me on a whole lot of stuff, man. He opened my, my, my eyes up to so much ill. May Allah reward him for everything me and my family benefit. And this thing that he put me on, Tibian, is called the Tibian or the clarification for, of the proper character of the person who carries the Quran, okay? The proper etiquettes, excuse me, of the person who carries the Quran by Imam Nawawi. And I touched touch this book and I looked through this and this book has been so dear to me, but I wanna just share with you guys just two or three things from it, okay? So many things that change your life when you start reading this book, all right? Um, and you guys might go looking for it and you'll find that Sheikh Abdul, uh, Abdul Razak Ibn Mohsin al-Badr, he just did a, a something recently. And I don't know if he named it this or if the people that put out his books named it this, but it made it almost confusing. Um, but they used the word Tibian too, but they were talking about Imam al-Ajuri's uh, al book, 
which was way before Imam Nawawi. This was like in the second century or third century. It's one of the first books that ever talked about it, this type of thing. He put his out, but his was called Akhlaq Hamilatul Quran. Okay, for those people who go looking, you got to find Tibyan the Adab, not Akhlaq. Akhlaq is Ajuri, which was way before. And then Tibyan the Adab is for after. Anyway, so I say all that because if the students that are looking, or if there's any students that, that stumble across this, I don't want you to be confused because this is the one by Imam Nawawi. So look up for Imam Nawawi. Okay, and he said, Fi al ala bil he has a chapter called making sure that you stay and i'm just i'm saying this is where the point came in but the point is not about staying getting up for late for nighttime but he says making sure that you stay up or that you get up and recite the quran at night okay and of course uh we all know that the best way to recite the quran is in salat because when you make salat you make slita for those who've lived in the arab world you've probably heard of itisalat or making itisal making itisal means to make a phone connection right Salat is from the same word. All right. When you say Allahu Akbar, make that takbir to ihram, you literally made the connection to Allah. Okay. Now it's about you keeping the connection with Him. All right. So most of Allah says, In the nashiyat al that verily the middle of the night, He ashadduwata This is like the better time, and it's the time where you get the most strong, a uh, the strongest benefit from the Quran, where you can really. That time before when Allah is in the lowest heaven, the last third of the night, especially. So he's talking about the importance of doing this. And so he goes, goes through all of these things. I'm not going to go through the whole chapter, but he goes through a, a bunch of different things <clears throat> of all of the Sahabas and then the people that came after them and how they stood up in the nighttime and how they was able to finish so much in the nighttime. So sometimes they would finish the Quran every three days. Some of them, during, especially during Ramadan, they might finish every two days. There were some that narrated they finished every one day because the Quran, Ramadan is a special time. So the Prophet said, don't do it less than three days, which means 10 Jews a day. But during Ramadan, it will be different, special. So they said special situations, you can do different things. And so they would do that. But then he says, and this is the point that I want you to have. He said, He said, and know that this benefit of getting up for, with the Quran in the middle of the night It'll happen for those people who are reciting all that, but it also works. This is the dhikr of the ulama, the precision of the ulama, of the ulama. They know that most of the people don't have that. So they tell you about that, but then they tell you about what you can do so that you know you have no excuse. You're not left out. Allah has given you what you need. You just got to stand up and do it. So he says, even with the one who has a little bit, it still works. Okay. And he goes through. He said, he said, and of course, the more that you're able to recite, meaning with contemplation, then the better. And we already know the hadith where the Prophet was asked, is it better to do Surah Baqarah and Ali Imran or Baqarah with contemplation? He said, Baqarah with contemplation. So contemplation is the more important thing than than. Uh, quantity uh, quality is more important than quantity mm-hmm. all right the quality is better with more important than quantity all right so he said but 
a person shouldn't go all night except in special situations like Ramadan. A special person can go all night except every once in a while because the Prophet would sleep, pray, and sleep. Okay, then he says, well, The proof that even if you have a little bit and you stand up with it, that you can get this, that you can get reward or you get reward, you accomplish your goal, is the statement or the hadith of Ibn Abdullah ibn, uh, of Abdullah ibn Umar ibn al-As. Radiallahu anhuma call call the Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said is narrated by Abdullah ibn Umar uh, ibn al-As so you guys know Umar uh, Amr Amr ibn al-As this is his son that's narrating this okay so he said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said men qama bi ashri ayat that whoever stands with just 10 ayat lam yak lam yuktab min al-ghafilin then he won't be written from those who are heedless when you read through Surah Al-Araf, that is the theme of Surah Al-Araf, is Don't be from those who are heedless. Okay? So if you stand up with 10 ayat every night or in the night, you're not written from the ghafilin, from those who are heedless. Okay? Now, why is that important for you? You're thinking 10 ayat. Okay, so I have to recite, uh, okay, I got it. I can recite, Kul Allah, Kul Allah, Kul Allah, Yeah, baby, you can. That's about 15 ayats. That's about 13 ayats more than what you got to recite. Uh, 12. <laughs> what you mean, brother? You're reciting Al-Fatiha. He said 10 ayats. How many ayats are the Fatiha? That's Sabamin al-Mathaniya. You can recite the Fatiha and Kulhu Allahu Ahad with deep contemplation. And you got your reward. One rakat. You can do as, li- as little as one rakat when you stand up for the night prayer. The best is to do three and more. But you can do as little as one rakat. But the best is to do three. Okay. The sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ was to do three or more. But you can do one. The Prophet ﷺ said that, that, that he said, In Allah, hibbul witr He said that verily Allah is odd. Meaning he's one and unique. And so he loves odd numbers. So stand up and do odd. I prayer, uh, the the prayer that's the I prayer, which is the night, and the I prayer for the day is so it's salat al maghrib, and then the I prayer for the night is when you make that witr, which can be one rakat. Okay, so the point is, is that you can stand up with one rakat, but it's better to do three, and you can do ten ayat in that one rakat, which is surah of fatiha, and you can do any one. There's not a single surah, short surah except there's at least three rakat, uh, three ayat. Let's go through them. What's the shortest surahs? Whew. Uh, which you all know. The Prophet said that with deep contemplation is equal to a third of the Quran because a third of the Quran is Tawheed. We just said that in the other sitting. That, that, that's equal to that. While Asr, while Asr is three ayat. What did Imam Shafi'i say? He said that with deep contemplation, if Allah didn't send down anything except while Asr, Surah Asr, it would be enough of a proof to establish for or against all of mankind. That's how deep while Asr is. While Asr is so deep that the Sahabas that sometimes they used to greet each other. One would say, Asalaamu Alaikum. The other one would say, Alaikum Salaam Salaam. And as they're holding their hands, one would recite Surah Asr while the other one listen. That's how serious Surah Asr is. And what's the third one? Al-Kawthar. We're going to go through the tafsir of Kawthar another time. But those are what, that's one of those surahs that make you realize why we have to do this thing we're going to do. Of every single ayah, every single one is something for you of love, fear, or hope. 
It starts off with what? Inna al-tinaka al-kawthar. Everybody says, that's talking to the Prophet because he's the only one that got the Kawthar. Because the Kawthar is that place that everybody's going to be, I mean, or the place, Al-Hawd comes from the Kawthar. The Hawd is going to be the place that everybody drinks from. Uh, Yom Al-Qiyamah, all the Muslims, may Allah make us of those, uh, we're going to drink, drink from that so that we'll quench our thirst and never be thirsty again. But the water from that came from the Kawthar that is for the Prophet in Jannah. So Allah says, Inna al-tayna kal Kawthar. But it can also mean, as Sheikh Rathamin said, it means because kawthar also is the mubalagha for khayr. So kawthar can also mean khayran kathira. All right? That verily we have given you much good, much benefit, you who are reading this. So it's not just for the Prophet Sallallahu when Allah talks mukhatib, talking directly, understand it as him talking directly to you. Oh, you who are reading this, we have given you so much good. That's something that makes you love him. It's something that makes you have hope that if he's giving you all this good in the dunya and you are thankful that he'll give you even more in the akhirah. And it's something to make you fear, isn't it? Because he gave you all this good. Have you been thankful? That's the Quran. You stand up and you recite that. And you just stop and think. The love kicks in. I love Allah. He gives me everything. He gives me everything I need. He's given me khayran kathir. Khayran kathira. Hope. If he gave it to me and I'm doing right, I'm going to get the reward. And fear. Am I being thankful? Am I being thankful? So my point is, is that Al-Fatiha and Al-Kawthar. It can be anyone, any one of those three. Those are the shortest three sources. I'm saying even Al-Kawthar, the one that everybody says, oh, that's just for the Prophet. It's for you too. If you contemplate deeply. If I contemplate deeply. It's for us. Okay? Al-Ibra bi'ulumul lav la bi'khususin. Bi'umum, shukran. Al-Ibra bi'umumul lav la bi'khususin sabab. Or is a qaida, a rule, and understanding the Quran that the lesson is not by the re- for the reason it was sent down, but by the comprehensive wording that Allah uses in the Quran. Okay, when you go through a qaida, a qawaid al-hisan from uh, Imam Sa'adi, and then the explanation for Sheikh mean they bring that up as a qaida that you use when you read in the Quran to take the 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 comprehensive wording of it in order to internalize the meaning for you. All right. And to extract benefits, at least in belt. So the point is, is that you got 10 ayats of the Quran. You got al-Fatiha, that's seven. It's seven al-Mathani. And then you got the Quran al-Azim, whatever else you want to add to it. Three ayats. What I did when I started, that was before I ever traveled or anything. When I was just up with brothers and mujahideen, Jawala Scout, Salaamu Alaikum Warahmatullah, Ra'a Camp, Salaamu Alaikum Warahmatullah. When I was just a Jawala Scout, all right, which is Jawal. Jawal means like to move around and travel around, but we didn't know, so we called it Jawala. Okay, but the Jawala Scouts, Barakallah Fikum, Allah Yarham Shaykh Imam Awesome. Like the thing that they put down for us, but back then, when I started getting older and I was in rod camp, I was an older guy, so it put me on, on duty. And so part of being on duty is that uh, whoever was there when the time came for Salah, whoever was on the desk, they had to leave Salah. 
So I said, man, I'm going to be leading Salat when I'm on the desk. Or, or sometimes I had to hold the desk and some other people lead Salat. Then I have to lead, go and, go and, and do after. The whole point is, is that... Um, I said, I got to start getting some more Quran, something. And we know how to read the Fatah Kessel Dhamma. I'm like, all right, I'm listening to his Sheikh Hosri all the time. I don't know what he's saying. I'm going to take three ayats. And I'm going to, the ones that sound the, the, the beautiful, most beautiful. And I'm just going to take three ayats, see what they mean. Try to memorize the words. See what each word, try to figure out what each word means. And I'm going to lead it. And I want to get that ready so I can lead Salah. And that's how I started. And I realized that I took one step to Allah and he took 10 steps towards me. That's what opened up me getting the Quran by doing that. Because before all we read was English and we knew the short story just like everybody else. And that was when I was about 22 years old. So my whole point is, is that that opened up from 22 or 21. That opened up from the time I was 21 to me starting the, uh, the situation I said at that jammy. I was 22 when the people was crying around me. And then by 23, I was on my road. I was in the, 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 uh, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Uh, Jamia ibn Saud. Uh, uh, the far out from Jamia ibn Saud from from Riyadh, Muhammad ibn Saud University. By the time I was 23, 23, it just hit me, and I said, I gotta go. I gotta get this. So my whole point is, is is that you just gotta take a step, and the law come running to you. He said that. I'm not saying that it's not in a way to befit his majesty. He said that if you come to him mashian, he comes to you harwalan. You come to him walking, he come to you running. Before that, he said, you take one step to him, he take two so you take uh, two steps to you. You come to him mashian, he come to you harwalan. You just got to take the step. We just got to take the step. Okay? So the whole point is, is that we have no excuse. We have no excuse. We all got that tonight. It's where we at with time. Okay, we're going to stop right here. I'm going to give you the next the next point in the, la- in, in, in the next sitting, inshallah. We'll keep excavating. Keep making dua for us. We'll keep excavating. Let's all keep applying for our Allah's permission. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah.